0: Sabers Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close.
1: We are going to overtime.
0: Welcome in, Marty. I hate saying this. We went from a one Buffalo weekend to a none Buffalo yeah. weekend uh, when you incorporate all the teams of the Sabers, the Bills, and the Bandits. So undoubtedly, if people see some dips in energy and some sad emotions here on this uh sabers live overtime podcast uh, i think they'll understand exactly why
1: yeah, it's not a uh, easy Monday morning to wake up from, uh, especially after the Sunday night uh, Bills affair. But we gotta move on, and we're gonna try to bring the energy up with having a fantastic guest that uh, oh. kind of brought in so much energy over the last two weeks in the uh, saber land and Saberhood, I should say, as mm-hmm. we were wearing our uh, crew neck on uh, on Saturday. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, Victor of the uh, Czech and Slovak. Uh Buffalo Sabres fan club is going to join us, but yeah, you'll bring the energy up because uh, my energy level is a little down right now.
0: So the harsh reality is 46 games down for the Sabres 36 to go. And based on our realistic projections for the last few weeks and what they've done, which included wins on the homestand, just not yep. enough. They ended up three and three. You were hoping four one and one, probably at a minimum. Yes. Um, they, they, Obviously it was in the palm of their hand to do just that. And it slipped through, but with 36 to go, you're looking at realistically, I think 26 and 10 is the minimum here that to get them into a spot. That's going to be real close, but we don't know obviously what that final number would be, but I think you have to shoot for 96 and, uh, and you know, and we'll see as we get closer, but you can't tackle all that at once. You can only tackle the next one in front of you. And for Buffalo, they start this trip now through California where they go Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday in Anaheim, LA and San Jose. And based on the practice lines before they left for the trip, we're once again finding familiarity and a lack thereof, right? Like if Skinner comes back in, you're gonna see Skinner, Thompson and Tuck. The reality is they've only played 132 minutes together this year at five on five, which is significantly lower. I mean, it's crazy. And they've got seven goals for and seven goals against at 5-on-5. Five five. So it's it's not been that same powerhouse trio that we were able to witness last year. Another line has Benson playing with Middlestad and Paterka. They have played limited action this year, 34 minutes together, decent mm-hmm. results. Another one is Greenway with Cousins and Quinn. They played one minute together, so that's a new trio. Yes, And then, of course, you go to what I think some people would default to as the fourth line, Um, but they've actually not played a lot together. That's five-on-five. It's Gergensen's with Krebs and So They've played 82 minutes together. They're still looking for their first five-on-five five goal together. Yeah, so, so when
1: I look at the line, Duffer, I'm thinking, okay, so with Skinner possibly being back on Tuesday night in Anaheim, feeling better, said he was close to on Saturday to yeah. get back into the lineup, but needed to go through a couple more practices. Um, I would have thought, okay, let's get back to the normal when you know, top nine, where it would have been Skinner, Thompson, Tuck would have been uh, Paterka, Cousins, Quinn, and then Greenway, Middlestad, Benson, but that's not the case. And I think a lot of it is that look, we've talked about the Sabres being a top 10, uh, five on five scoring team all mm-hmm. season long, and the power play really leaving them kind of like behind, right? In the goal scoring overall. And it's still true. The the power play is definitely a reason why, the, the reason why the Sabres are down goal scoring from this year to last year, even though in the second half last year, the power play wasn't great. It was great in the first half, not in the second half, but at least it carried on, right? From the first half into the second half of the season with their numbers. But right now, if you look at, Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka weren't really producing anything. So mm-hmm. there are like, yeah, that's a line in my mind, but they weren't producing anything. Benson, Greenway, middlestat, yeah, that could be a great line, but they were more of a, hey, look at the role that Greenway's playing, blocking shots at the end of, pra- at the, end of the game. And it wasn't, oh, look at the offense that that line's carrying through. Right. And it's not like the Thompson-Skinner-Tuck line was – consistently every game on the ice for two goals, four, two goals, four, two goals, four, it's not mm-hmm. happening. Right. So I think Don Granado is looking at, okay, well, I'm going to put Skinner back on the top line to have that energy, but I'm going to modify other things because right now, if the power play is not going to carry you through, which it hasn't all year, you're going to have to find even more scoring at five on five. And that's the way I think Don Granado and his staff is trying to get it done.
0: Can the power play carry them the rest of the way?
1: Well, I mean, if it had been like a couple of weeks where they have uh, struggled, I would say, yeah, absolutely. You you go back to your foundation, but what is the foundation? Now that's the the, problem. But the foundation is still the same players
0: who last year produced the fifth best power play in franchise history. Yeah. So, and it's also the same coaching staff. So that needs to be kept in mind here Mm -hmm. too. It's not like, you know what I mean? So they scored 63 power play goals last year they have 19 so far this year. So even if they get a goal per game on the power play, they're not going to hit last year's number. But that's yeah. irrelevant at this time. If they get a goal a game over the final 36 games, they have a chance. They have a chance. So yeah. we've heard Dulling say, "I'm a shooter." We know what Thompson can do, but it doesn't seem like it's falling for him the same way. So what would you do not to put it all on your shoulders there, bud. But... No, I
1: I totally get what you're saying. Right, my kid, my son was asking me why is the Sabres power play not working like it did last year, and I was quick to remind him that you reminded me, Duffer, that hey, from January first on last season, it wasn't what it was in the first half of the year. The first mm-hmm. half of the year, they were. Like, the power play was unbelievable, but then they got pre-scouted. They realized Tage Thompson's one-timer, there was a lot of that. But look at Tate, Chicago the other Tate day. Tate got
0: hurt, too, in the, in the second half. Too, <clears throat> Tate got me, hurt and affected
1: yeah. the numbers, but look at Chicago on Thursday night. Sabres got a power play, and they have one guy that is within a stick length of Tage Thompson all the time. Mm-hmm. Teams are pre-scouted that have pre-scouted now the Sabres, and also know because of the Sabers' lack of success – What actually works against them? Now, the Sabres tried to do something different earlier in the year by putting Tage to the right side. I don't like that at all. I think Tage is a left side type of guy, one timer. Just, but I think the play has to go from the right side of the formation onto the left side. Like Ovechkin, when he was on fire on the power play, the puck was never on the left side of the formation. Mm -hmm. It was always on the right side, and it only got there when it was time for Ovi to let go the one timer, or if you wanted to have a decoy. But I feel like the Sabres power play starts on the left side and comes back to the left side to taste for the one-timer, which Mm -hmm. doesn't really move anybody. So I want to say find somebody on the right side that could be that guy that will control the power play. Is it Casey Middlestead? Well, we've seen him there, but I don't know that it really worked. I think Jack Quinn has a good chance of being that guy. I think he's got great vision. And as a right-handed shot, he can attack the middle, go down low, Come back for the one timer, go across to Tage. We we can see that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, is it Jeff Skinner? We've seen Skinner in that spot. I don't love it. So I think that's where you have to get your answer. And the Sabres, for all the, the talent they have and some of the exciting talent they have, they've had a hard time battled through three scouts. If a team decides to play a one, three, one or one, four in a neutral zone, five on five, they have a hard time going through that. Like Tampa on Saturday, they have a hard time finding a way around a good penalty kill unit. That's going to neutralize your, 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 your number one play, your number two play. And that has been the, 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 the case now for a year. So that to me is where the trouble is being able to find an other way to create because they know they can do it one way, but can you add a different layer?
0: Um, last year and through the course of the summer, we talked a lot about, uh, you know, trying to be on that, uh, plus side of five on five goals for and against, and how, if you were in the top 16 in that you were almost guaranteed to be a playoff team. Yes. Well, funny how it goes. Cause that's not as true league wide this year. Buffalo is 16th in that regard, yeah. but. It seems like it's been more of a teams that are good on the power play this year have put themselves in a good position. In fact, New Jersey, Arizona, and Seattle are the only teams that are in the top 16 on power play that aren't in the playoffs right now. So 13 out of the 16 potential playoff-bound teams have good power plays right now, right? So it's funny how that dynamic works. And somehow the Rangers won a game yesterday against Anaheim. Uh, they, Anaheim just folded. But yes. it has become very clear, and we talked about it a ton the last time we were at Madison Square Garden, was the fact that this team is not nearly as good at 5-on-5 five five as they should be, but their power play can save the day for them. So the Rangers are going They to be got two power play goals. Trocek yeah.
1: got him back in the game at 2-1, yeah. and Panarin got him going, and the Rangers got two power play goals. They're yeah. second in the league on the power play. Tampa, Tampa, we just saw them, yeah. right? They didn't score a power play goal against the Sabres, no. uh, but their power play is number one in the league. The Oilers got themselves back to, you know, a good a good place after their power play has helped. Now, it's not just the power play. I think they're right. playing a better game, but the power play is the catalyst sometimes to get yeah. your self-confidence offensively. I
0: would agree with that. And we may have just witnessed one of the ultimate power plays among our fan base, our international fan base. And that story is straight ahead here on Sabres Live Overtime. And when you're serious about the game, Oh, and are these folks serious about the game? Our yeah. friends from Czechia and Slovakia. But uh, when you're serious about the game, bet on Buffalo with the only sports books in Western New York. Seneca Resorts and Casinos betting counters are open daily. The self-service betting kiosks available 24-7 at all three locations. Whether you visit Seneca, Niagara, Allegheny, or Buffalo Creek, the Sports Lounge features the latest lines and multiple screens, so you never miss a play. The Sportsbook at Seneca Resorts and Casinos, where the love of the game meets the thrill of the win. well sometimes we use the phrase he needs no introduction i think in this case he probably needs an introduction marty but he's also made thousands of introductions in western new york over the last few weeks victor mauder is of course part of the czech and slovak buffalo sabers fan club and he just was on the journey of a lifetime am i right about that victor
2: You're absolutely right about it. And uh, thank you that he Czech and Slovakian group, because we heard thousands of Czechoslovakians are coming in town. So it's not Czechoslovakian, (laughs) it's Czech and Slovakian. I'm glad you get it correct.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's amazing, Marty. I mean, Marty, when you look at what Victor and his group brought over the last couple of weeks,
1: how do you describe it? Well, the energy, right? And I made it brought me back to the world championship when we went to Latvia and when we went to Finland and all of a sudden we played Denmark and the fans are chanting throughout the whole game and whatnot. So the same thing, the energy that your group Victor brought to the building, to the stands, to the the jumbotron with the chants, right, it was amazing. So tell me, like, when you guys go to games in in Czechia or in Slovakia, and you go support your your local teams. Is that the way it is all the time? Like, chance and chance and the energy is way up?
2: Well, usually it is like this. There's always a section of fans, like, for example, in the Quebec Center it would be section 101 and 102. That would be the main heart beating of, of the whole arena. So these these fans these sections would bring the drums they would you know cheer during the whole game and then the rest of the people are sitting there like in key bank center as sometimes they join them sometimes they just you know don't mind and have their own beer and but this is how it is in in europe there is always the section of fans with the heartbeat and tries to get the whole arena going
0: How did this entire group come together previously and then how did this trip come together
2: well, I started a Facebook page in 2010. It was so popular, to, you know, to make new Facebook pages like fan club of this, fan club of this, and Facebook is the strongest social media in uh, in Czech Republic still until this day. So we are mostly working on on Facebook and. On 2015, I decided, hey, we should, you know, like meet up. I saw Avalanche, which is the fan club of Colorado Avalanche in in Europe, and they come together with all the fans from Czech and Slovakia, Finland, Sweden, and they already be, have been on, I don't know, nine or ten trips uh, to the States. And I saw, hey, we should meet and, you know, be a little bit like them, you know, you know, cheer for the team together, which is nice, you know, like. I don't have anyone. Any of my friends doesn't know who the Buffalo Sabers are. Like mm-hmm. you know, they know Hashik was there, but you know, you can't talk to anyone about the Sabers. So I decided let's meet and see where it goes. And it was like a snowball. It was it was getting bigger, bigger, and bigger. And before COVID in two thousand nineteen, he said, "Hey, we would like to see Sabers in Buffalo." We saw them in on Global Series game when where we went together. it was like twelve people or something. But he said, "Hey, we must see it in Buffalo in person." Like have the dream mm-hmm. and yeah we were able to do that after covid wow
1: so when you guys left to come on your trip um you brought the snow you brought the energy you brought everything <laughs> but were you guys nervous was this like a little bit oh what is this going to be like we hope that it meets our expectation and did it meet expectation that you guys had set in mind
2: well i think the other guys from the group didn't have Almost any expectation because you know, uh, I was the I was the main part of the group that was you know trying to keep the guys entertained and uh, well, talk to someone from Sabres organization if they can do this for us and this for us. But we met Richard Roller who was uh, sorry it's a, yeah. a hard name for no, us you said it. yeah, was perfect. It. Roller, yeah. <laughs> so uh, this man is one of a kind you know he did all this all this beautiful stuff for us. And I was responsible for this part, and I didn't wanted to let everyone know, hey, we could meet Hashik on 19. I knew that from Rich, but I was like, I don't want to you know make make guys high expectation and you know, if it's if it's gonna work, everyone will you know have his life, live mm-hmm. his dream. But I was trying to keep it for myself and well, <laughs> I just, you, you just have no words you know how everything came out together step by step. It was like the first day we were in Buffalo, and we met Laird Playfair, and we were in the arena. I was like, can this be even better? And then the other day, you know, we were also doing, you know, the stuff where we were meeting the players. We were in a tunnel. So, you know, every day was better than the, than the day before, which was amazing.
0: Wow. wow. So what was it like when, I mean, had you met Dom before?
2: Uh, I've done with him two interviews in, in yeah. Czech Republic. Obviously, I think he doesn't remember me because he made so many interviews. Uh, from one of the guys of our group, that he already said in uh, in your post game show, yeah. he's playing hockey, uh, but he wasn't here in uh, in Buffalo. He he stayed in uh, in Europe, but yeah, I know him a little bit. But it was great, you know, to see him in Buffalo. You know, you, you yes. see him in Czech Republic, you see him in TV etc., mm-hmm. but see him at a place where. Dom became a Dom I know Nagano night eight was was a big thing and but but the Buffalo is what made Dom so special mm. and to see him at this place and see the crowd going nuts when when he wasn't there and begging the drum even not with a great <laughs> rhythm but still <laughs> it was Dom begging the drum <laughs> it, was, it was great
1: so when I I laugh because often I'll will meet some French you know Sabres fans and then I speak French with them and there's always a couple of people that turn around yeah. and are like oh like like they don't expect it. So when dumb came in, did it became just this big Czech language like regroup and everything?
2: Yeah, exactly. We didn't care about English at all because you know there <laughs> there are like I and I would say four or five people could speak English in a in a I would say good way. <laughs> yeah. But the, the rest they just, you know, almost don't understand English at all. So they finally could speak with someone in Czech, not from the group. So they were just so happy to speak Czech with Dom. And I think he, I think he was happy too because, you know, I think he has also enough of English. <laughs> he wants yeah. he to come back and speak Czech.
0: So what was it like for those others in your group that you didn't let on that this could happen? Like, what was it like when they found out?
2: Well, they, they stayed in shock. Like I said, I, I was using the words like Alice in the Wonderland or Kids in the Toy Store. It was like it's just, wow, we're gonna meet Hashik? Oh wow, you really and yeah, like everyone was like speechless and I think we still don't know exactly what happened in Buffalo. We just I think right now we are still in some kind of big hangover from Buffalo. And when the time will flies by, we will just still be realizing what happened in Buffalo and how awesome this trip was. And I don't want to be bad and rough against the Avalanche, but I think this was much better than the Avalanche did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely much better than the, uh, Air Lounge, the Avalanche uh, fan club. Uh, so we know you guys went to the games. You did a ton at the arena. But what did you do in between the games, like the off days? Like, did you guys eat chicken wings every day? Did you take in all that is Buffalo?
2: Well, we were, well, the two days that we that were off, uh, we were unluckily have to stay around the hotel because there was yeah. a travel ban. Mm-hmm. But the only open place in the travel ban was Gabriel's Gate, which was just around oh, the corner. Oh. So we had like I ate like I would say 300 wings during I was <laughs> in Buffalo. <laughs> All kinds of wings, all kinds of uh, beers, and yeah, we enjoyed our time. We loved uh, one of the small bowling bowling spot, Town Bowling Edge. We yeah. were there like two times playing darts, and I was jumping for a table there. We was wrapping it up around 5 a.m., so yeah, we were living our life. We were just, you know, hanging. Well, I say from me personally, when I see Buffalo, oh. this city is having sports, it's having great food, and mm-hmm. it's having, you know, beers and drinks. Mm-hmm. And that's all I want from the city, so we went and- nuts to
0: and you got to fo- you got to one bills game right
2: we were also on bills game yeah
0: yeah what was that experience like after all that weather
2: it, it, it was it was great like you <laughs> know the the fans were you know going nuts they were going crazy and i kind of i'm kind of sad that this is not happening in the quebec center we were trying to bring this energy uh, no. to the quebec center too but you know the hockey is still a much better sport for me personally to watch to entertain yeah. people it's still more entertaining sport than uh, than football but uh, if you compare it, like the crowd-wise, it is, you know, more ent- enthusiastic and more fun on the Bills game. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, I think that uh, when you drink for five hours before going into the stadium, that helps, right? So <laughs> it's a little bit of a different setup. But, uh, okay, so you guys met some of the players. Uh, anybody that stood out that you're like, wow, like, I'm so like, glad I got to meet and, and shake hand with this player.
2: I think also the first meeting that we had with Larry Playfair was something special because, yep. you know, he's the huge alumni, he's a big part of the Buffalo Sabres history, and I think he was so lucky also and so glad to meet us because, you know, there are some bunch of people from the heart of Europe who recognize who Letter Playfair is, even if he's not playing for such a long time. And we were thanking him and chatting with him about, you know, what he did for the organization. And when we were saying goodbye to each other, you could see he got a tear in his eye yeah. that, you know, he was so happy that some crazy guys from Czech Republic recognize who he is. Wow. Uh, it was so nice. And also, you know, meeting you two guys was was so awesome uh, for us. You know, meeting all the guys in the, in the locker room, like uh, after the morning skate. I think uh, Samuelson, Benson, uh, they were pretty excited. Peyton Krebs. He didn't invite us at his party. I'm still kind of, you know, sad about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Next time. We still need Uh, something, you know, to come back.
0: You know, Victor, what you just said about Larry Playfair reinforces the, just the genuine validity of the passion that you and your group have. If you don't know the history, you're not going to feel it when you're confronted with it, right? Mm -hmm. And, And Larry, to speak to your meeting with him is like that with us we see him before almost every home game because he and his wife are still so involved in raising money for the sabers foundation every night right and i just i love that that's kind of like the launching point and the example that you're always going to be able to share with people because it's it's the originals if you will that that brought us all into this same sabers world right
2: Exactly, like knowing knowing the history, and knowing you know these kind of you know things that are not as well known around, uh, I would say, the hockey world, but they are yeah. pretty important for for the people in seven one six. This is what why I made video. It's like five years ago, I made a video about a game against San Jose Sharks after a flight uh, from New York to, to Buffalo, and mm-hmm. how important this this game was, and uh, this brought me together with Dave Pietrowski. Who is a generous person from Buffalo, and he did a lot of things also for us. He paid us for the for the bus to transfer us uh, from the Sabres game to the Bills game, Wow. so we yeah. can be there quickly. So <clears throat> yeah, it's it's like it's Buffalo. It's uh, it is,
0: yeah, wow,
2: it's in your heart.
1: Yeah, it is in your heart. Now, um, how many games do you get to watch? And what times are those games when they are in in Czech Republic if we play a regular 7 o'clock game here?
2: Well, I will answer the first question first. Uh, we started with Seattle game and ended up, uh, like, nine of us ended up uh, with a game against Chicago. So it was five, yeah. I believe. Okay, We won three out of five. And the other two. Other group of six rested also for the kids takeover game against uh, against Tampa and they were able to be at the bandits game too, so they enjoyed oh, they it did pretty go. Good. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, they love to awesome. know like when we were doing like when some player was entering the penalty box, we were doing like hey, and it's <laughs> and the the bandits game, it's like you know, the chant box box. <laughs> it's yeah. not good. We, it's we love so that. Good. We need we need to do that too. And uh, regarding the second uh, second question, the game starts usually at one AM here. Okay.
1: So, so, do you stay it, up and watch most of them when you're back home? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
2: I do, I do. I ruin my health with it, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> the game always depends earning, what like... the
1: score is after two period. You may go to sleep. You may watch the third period. You oh, may he he watches play. all of it. I can tell. <laughs> yeah.
0: I can well,
2: tell. all right. Oh. There were games like if we are losing five to now, uh Um, so I'm going to sleep. Yes. <laughs> but if it's like three or four goals, I still believe.
0: <laughs> yes. So, Victor, for people that don't know what. Else, is your life all about? Like from a hockey and broadcasting standpoint, and you know, give us a little more about about you, the person here beyond this incredible Sabres fan club.
2: Well, I think I'm not that interesting person, but you know, I'm a, I'm a play-by-play announcer in a, in the Czech Republic. I work for the national O2 TV, uh, with the national broadcaster of uh, of a Czech top league, which is you know you need to know that the the style of broadcasting is different than you have in the states every club in the states has its own tv and our crew here in Czech Republic because we are a small country there's only one national broadcaster who broadcasts these games to everyone like you know so good for you so there's no one no one like separate separate TVs so yeah I'm I'm the play-by-play announcer I'm all of this because of RJ uh, mm-hmm. when I was like maybe 10 12 years old i was listening listening to RJ i couldn't even you know understand what uh, what he saying back in the days but i just love the voice how he's working with the voice and uh, i knew that i want to become a play by play announcer and here i am i'm living my dream i'm wearing suspenders to every game i i cover just because of RJ and it's just it's just i'm living my dream it's a, it's a dream come true i does not work uh, i do not work i just you know having my dream and i'm getting paid for it
1: and you got to wear your suspenders in the uh, the boot upstairs with Dan uh, during yeah. the game, which was uh, kind of a very nice uh, homage to RJ to be able to 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 do that. You know how, how special was that to be able to go up in the uh, in the press box and into the booth?
2: Uh, it, it was just awesome, you know, like to be at a place uh, where <clears throat> RJ was doing play by play, place where Dan is doing a heck of a job. To see it from from the point of view of your idol and of the person you know who led you in a way that you know you you became a person you you are mm-hmm. it was it was just awesome like to be there I I still you know when I when I'm thinking about it I still need to to kind of you know settle up with it and uh, rethink about how, how what I really experienced over there because, mm-hmm. you know, it's still so many things. So did uh, I have experienced a death booth and uh, so many emotions came through me. It was like happiness, sadness at, at the same time. Uh, yeah, but it, it was a dream to, to be standing there and see the game from the perspective of RJ, well, RJ was and Danis. It, it, it's wow. for me, it was the best experience from the whole trip.
0: When are you coming back?
2: Uh, we need to save some money. <laughs> yeah. Well, We we were, we were saving for this trip for like four or five years. And I think uh, it's going to be it's going to be same. Like we definitely want to came back. But we still need to save money to, to have it as good as, as it was right now. So I guess in four or five years, you, you got us back.
0: Oh, wow. That's going to be amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah. Amazing. Well, we, we can't wait to hey. have you guys back. I'll be honest with you. It was a fun experience. Um, it was probably challenging with all the, the travel, the group, it's a large group traveling with a large group is not easy coming in the, 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 the snow, the weather, the, everything's closing the travel ban. But, um, you know, our time just even after the game or going across the street to the, uh, to the brew house, right. You guys the uh, enjoyed room, yeah. that. It was good. Uh, yeah. I walked in and duffer, we walked in and all of a sudden we're we're being announced. We're being announced <laughs> to the crowd from the Czech and Slovak fan club. So that was great.
0: <laughs> uh Victor, did you I mean, the memories are the greatest souvenirs, but did you pick up something along the way that that is your like you took home that that you cherish the most?
2: Uh I spent more than two thousand five hundred bucks in Buffalo, like just for Sabres merch and stuff. So oh my God. Oh. <laughs> that's why I need to save for another five years. It was just horrible. <laughs> I, I I got I brought two jerseys. Uh, one one uh, sorry, Martin Ryan Miller one, uh, yeah. the golded one, one one with the RJ in the back. Oh. Uh, I I bought this in uh, Dave and Adams, which is also, you know, pretty nice. Oh, that's beautiful. uh, It's just so, so many things that I bought, some stupid things to put on car and to everywhere. Like I'm going to have everything Buffalo right now.
0: (laughs) Amazing. That's what we love to hear. And, (laughs) and honestly, I'm so glad you mentioned Rich Jariller. I know Rich and the entire community relations team. uh, They were just, they were clearly enjoying your presence as much as the other way around. So thank you for that. These are gifts that give both ways, right? Passion for a team. So thank you, Victor. Uh, And thank you for taking the time. We're going to have to do this a little more often, all right?
2: (laughs) Well, not a problem for me. I can do some European scouting research for you.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. We'll we'll have him and Chris Baker on at the same time when we start getting (laughs) closer. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. sounds good. Victor, thank you so much.
2: Thank you very much for you guys.
0: Marty, do you think the uh, Czech and Slovak fan club will have left a lasting legacy. Ie, do you think we'll still see some of their stuff on the video board moving forward?
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. Good. We'll see it on the video board, we'll see it on social media. I want them to send us videos of when they're watching the game and a big save by Lucanan or a big goal and they have a chance send it to us so we can put it on our social too and yeah. just spread the love because they were amazing.
0: Well, you know, we often get asked uh, or we just in general conversation, you know, once uh, another season winds down, you you often look back. And I mean, it's going to be hard to look back and not think of this as one of the highlight windows of time that we experienced this year. Just an incredibly passionate group of people.
1: Um, yeah. And and. You know what was great, too, is they got to uh, move around the arena. They sat right by the Zamboni one time. One time was like closer to buying the bench. One time they were in the suite. They were a little bit everywhere. So if you were maybe a season ticket holder and you could see them from afar, far, they got closer to you at some point. You got to, to to join in a little bit and some of the chance and some of the energy there. But I love how they describe the way they watch the game, the way they, they feel the game, um, their whole experience, their trips to the Sabre store and more. <laughs> so that was, that was pretty cool.
0: <laughs> Some were on the Zamboni too. During yes. the, yeah. So that was, uh, again, they got, they got as close to it as humanly possible. And of course they're, uh, well, I mean, an unforgettable night when we talked to Peyton Krebs afterwards about just how, <laughs> well, Oh yeah. This is your chance to say, uh, electricity
1: in Czech. Electricity, electricity, <laughs> electricity. I think that's the way it is. But I, and not only that, I'll tell you this, we all know that Buffalo people, Mm-hmm. Are very welcoming into our town, into our city. Um, when you go to other, we go to road crew, right? We're gonna have a road crew in Tampa, and we know that there's gonna be Buffalo fans in Tampa. They're gonna be welcoming. Yeah. If you're ever in Prague or Bratislava or in Czechia or Slovakia, and you hit Victor on on social media, hey, I'm in check you and uh want to maybe know what to do they'll mm-hmm. help you they are the same way they are so welcoming of wanting to 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 show you they're part of the world right so if you're over there reach out on social media for sure
0: well obviously as as you heard victor say uh, for many of them meeting their hero in buffalo was a huge highlight and yes. of course dominic hashix arch rival for much of his career, was Patrick Waugh. Patrick now finds himself back in the NHL as the bench boss for the New York Islanders. He's 1-0 after an overtime win last night. Um, Islanders were two points out of the playoffs when they made this change. Uh, What do you make of uh, the latest Lou-type decision?
1: Well, obviously, Lou has done a lot of those type of coaching decisions. He fired was Larry Robinson a couple of games before the end of the season and took over as a coach one year. They were in the playoffs. Um, he's done the same with Claude Julien and in, and in, in, you know and uh, in, in New Jersey, Pat Burns. Uh, he's he's done a lot of coaching changes. This one with the Islanders we had to see it coming. You talk to Shayna Goldman, we talk to Shayna every week and she's like the Islanders are not a good team. They should not be winning games. Uh and it, you know, after, you know, the coaching change in Long Island, uh after Barry Trotz left and Lane Lambert came in, I don't think that the Islanders really continued to get better. And now it's time to just say, "Hey, let's make a change." Uh, I was surprised that the change I wasn't surprised about the change I thought Lou was looking for a new coach I was surprised it was Patrick Waugh and not because Patrick is not a qualified coach we can look at it two-way Patrick's a coach that's coached in the NHL with Colorado had a terrible exit in Colorado when he decided to quit basically weeks a few weeks before training camp and poor Jared Bednar went in and had a miserable season uh, but he also Patrick actually he won a cup and made his way back. That's totally fine. Uh, but Patrick is also a guy that has worked at the junior level. Like, you know, we always say like, Hey, give some of these coaches that are at the junior level a chance. Now Patrick wise, all a Hall of famer and that's different. And he coached in the NHL, but he's also done the, the groundwork. He's done the, the bus trips. He's done the developing of young players and a new way of talking to them and communicating with them. So he still has that, look in his eye like he's an old school guy, but I think he's learned a new school thing too. So I'm looking forward to see what he can do in Long Island. Not that I want them to have too much success because that's a team that the Sabres have to try to get past as well in the standings.
0: And what do you make of the Oilers, adding Corey Perry here, free trade deadline?
1: Um, a little bit like they did with Evander Kane, right? The Oilers are tough against the cap. They can't make a lot of moves. They have to really look around for something that – May not be the best scenario, but will fit in their system. They always feel like they got a good room and good leadership that will lead the right way. Now, again, Corey Perry, uh, look, I hated playing against Corey Perry. I think he's got an edge and he's been suspended and all that. What happened in Chicago? I don't know the details of it. Just the fact that Chicago cut him, said you're out. Um, and that's it. Okay, well, I think Chicago had a reason to do it. I don't know the details of it, so I can't really go into saying, well, Corey Perry's a terrible person, or he's, I don't know. I think the Oilers had to have done their due diligence on it. They did it with Evander Kane, and it kind of worked in Edmonton. Kane has not had any issues, really, with the Oilers, with anything that way. So for the rest of the year, I I think... Hockey-wise, it's going to help the Oilers. I don't know about the rest of the stuff off the ice, but hockey-wise, I think it's going to help the Oilers.
0: And what can or will the Sabres do on this three-game trip? That, by the way, then takes them into an elongated break.
1: Yes, because then it's the uh, by star week, all-star and break by yeah. week right? by week all-star break, yes. So I'm saying, at minimum, you got to go two and one. Um, I would love... I, they can... And what they will is two different things. They can go three and zero. They can definitely start the trip back to back Tuesday, Wednesday, win in Anaheim, win in LA, and then you go to San Jose and you close it out three for three. That's my expectation for this road trip.
0: Oh, you left me hanging. I thought you were there was going to be like a little addendum to that or a little. Uh, If they uh, go two
1: and one, I won't hold that against them.
0: Well, you should, though, because they need six here.
1: (laughs) I know, but it's better than two and one or one and two or one, one and one. And so two zero and one, like you come back with a zero in your last column. Yeah, that's fine with me.
0: Well, and uh, here's the thing. I also need to recognize that we have, you know, four more days of Sabres live this week. So I can't expect you to empty the tank here just on the podcast. So, well,
1: I'll tell you this. Um. We won't have a Sabres Live regular show from noon to one next Monday because there's a little bit no, of no, we've a, pawned that off well in advance, regardless of what the bills, regardless said. of what was going to happen. There's a couple of days off next week when it comes to Monday, Tuesday, but the week after that, we're going back to five days a week, so yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about on a Sabres Live for sure.
0: Remind me to tell you on Tuesday why my weekend was even worse than the sporting results that we talked about.
1: Well, I don't know that I wanna bring back bad memories of your weekend on a Tuesday afternoon, but okay.
0: Just a a missed opportunity, that's all. Uh, It was beyond my control, but it was just, I don't know if my heart's ever gonna recover from this one. So that's all you need to know. And uh, we'll see you at noon. I
1: think I know what
0: what it was. I think I know. WGR at MSG.